Blog Talk Radio. Learn how to take your caring and giving farther with the Caring and Funding Podcast powered by Cap America. Cap America, America's leader in cross-border philanthropy, helps corporations, foundations, wealth advisors, and individuals who wish to give internationally and with enhanced due diligence in the United States. Through its industry-leading grant management program and philanthropic advisory services, CAF America helps donors amplify their impact and ensure their gifts are made in a safe and effective manner. This caring and funding podcast is dedicated to these donors and the charities they support. Our guests are leaders in their field who join us to share tips for success and stories that inspire. Our host is Ted Hart, the CEO of CAF America. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at capamerica.org, on iTunes, and now just say, Alexa, play CAF America on TuneIn. Now, welcome the host of CAF America's Caring and Funding Podcast, Ted Hart. Hey, welcome here to CAF America's Caring and Funding Podcast. CAF America's global partnerships enable carefully chosen teams around the world to bring together the very best of talent and strengths. In today's world, philanthropy often moves at the speed of internet, even if human condition has not yet learned to heal or grow or change or rebuild or a host of other things that philanthropy can and will address at that same lightning speed. CAF America's global partnerships enable us to bridge those great divides by bridging bringing together America's donors to the very best of philanthropic expertise and services on the grounds in countries around the world. Through this podcast series, we introduce our listeners, our donors, to partners we collaborate with and partners who collaborate with us in making it possible for that long arc of history, that long arc of philanthropic change to bend a little faster with much more assurance and with that full regulatory compliance risk management, and regulatory compliance that you come to rely on from CAF America. Today on this special edition of the Caring and Funding Podcast, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Paula Fabiani, Chief Executive Officer of the Institute for the Development of Social Investment, Aegis. Aegis is a member of the CAF Global Alliance and our partner in Brazil. Aegis, as they are known, was established in 1999 as a public interest non-governmental organization to provide support to social investors in Brazil and Latin America. Aegis facilitates the participation of individuals, families, companies, and communities in strategic social actions that bring social change and help reduce social inequities in the country committed to promote and structure private social investment as a tool for development of more equitable and sustainable society. We just act in two ways, by developing proactive initiatives and by meeting the demand for technical support of companies, foundations, institutes, families, and individuals. Paula Fabiani has previously served as financial director for the Maria Cecilia Pseudo Vidiga Foundation and controller of the Akachu Institute. Paula served in a private equity area of the Vatoratim Group and at one of the investment companies. She worked at 
Bank Boston with Asset Management, and M&A and at uh, Lloyd's Bank with Trade Finance. She has a bachelor's degree in economy from the University of Sao Paulo, holds an MBA from Stern School of Business at New York University, has executive education in endowment asset management from London Business School, Cambridge, and Yale, and has uh, well, as well as nonprofit sector management from the Gatulio Vargas Foundation. She is author of two books about uh, endowments in Brazil and one about early childhood development in the Amazon. She is the only Brazilian uh, accredited in social return on investment evaluation practitioner by Social Value UK. She's a member of the Network of Political Action for Sustainability and a board member of the Vladimir Herzog Institute and of WINGS. Paolo Fabiani is a CEO of Aegis, and welcome here to the Caring and Funding Podcast and our special Global Partnerships series. Hello, it's a great pleasure and an honor to be here, Ted. It's really nice it's to be to part of. Here. It's really nice to be part Paula. of your podcast. Thank you, Paula. There are uh, only a few places around the world that there are renowned philanthropic forums. Uh, one of those is the Brazilian Philanthropy Forum, uh, which is the Brazilian Forum for Philanthropists and Social Investors, which is a signature initiative of Aegis, but is also a partnership with a prestigious global philanthropy forum, providing an exclusive convening space for the philanthropic community to exchange experiences and learn with peers. I've had the privilege of being invited to present at the Brazilian Philanthropy Forum, and I'm aware of just how important this event and the strategic uh, uh, initiatives that are discussed at uh, this important philanthropy forum. My question to you is uh, to help our American donors understand the importance of the Brazilian Philanthropy Forum and the work that Aegis does to pull this together each year. Thank you, Ted. So we are very proud of this partnership with the Global Philanthropy Forum. We have been running the Brazilian Philanthropy Forum for nine years. This year we're going online, as everybody else, but it's really the most important event for the philanthropic community in Brazil. It's a place where people meet and build partnerships and also discuss the most relevant issues of the philanthropic se sector globally and also in Brazil. Uh, as you mentioned, Aegis has, has been helping donors for over 20 years in Brazil to have more impact and be more effective, uh, always trying to help and reach the most uh, vulnerable. So we also help establish funds and philanthropic structures in the sector. And uh, we have been working with many international donors. I have to mention, for example, that the first grant to make the Brazilian Philanthropy Forum uh, viable was made by Rockefeller Foundation. They funded us for the, the first three years uh, of the forum. And um, since then, we have gathered almost 2,000 participants. It's a, an exclusive uh, uh, event only for people that are invited. So we try to really reach uh, the most important philanthropists in the country. And we always have uh, international and national speakers. And it, it, it 
certainly this has become the most important event and a, a reference uh, for our sector in Brazil. For our American donors, obviously, uh, knowing that Aegis is uh, the host of such an important uh, philanthropy forum is impressive. To help us understand the significance of your connection to the Global Philanthropy Forum. So uh, we actually went to the Global Philanthropy Forum uh, because uh, we have uh, uh, heard and uh, got knowledge that this is an important space for global philanthropists. And that's when we met uh, Jane A. Wales, who was running the, the Global Philanthropy Forum at the time, and, uh, and the whole team. And for that point, we started this partnership that has uh, been, uh, we have been together in this uh, entrepreneurship for over nine years. And uh, it was incredible how we had similar objectives in putting together such an event to try to really uh, make our philanthropy more strategic, more impactful, and discuss the relevant issues that are happening in our country, but always bringing the perspective of other countries uh, which means a global perspective, because uh, the world has become a smaller place, and our problems are very interconnected. One of the things that's always very much impressed me about your work, Paola, but certainly the work of, of Aegis, uh, is that you put strategies in place and you work for the long term, and you stay with it uh, until you see the success of the program. Uh, and one such uh, piece of uh, work started uh, all the way back in 2011, seeing a piece of legislation pass uh, in, uh, in Brazil that has taken such a long and arduous process. Uh, you were very much involved with the endowment law. You advocated for its benefits and built the relationships with government and nonprofit organizations uh, until it was finally signed uh, by President Bolsonaro. Uh, officially approved it um, uh, 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 just, uh, I think it was uh, recently. Um, and, but the endowments law uh, really transforms uh, the, uh, the ability for uh, donors and, and particularly for Americans uh, around the concept of trust being established. Help us understand why this is important and why this is really transformational uh, for philanthropy in Brazil. Uh, thank you, Ted. It's, uh, it, it's been a long journey, but a very fruitful one. So we're very proud of, of this, um, uh, this legislation that was approved in 2019, last year. It was actually the first legislation approved by our current president. And the idea is to um, create a legal structure that protects the funds on the long term. We didn't have a legal framework that could really protect funds on the long term. And we felt that this was really important for the development of philanthropy in the country and also attract international uh, resources uh, for the causes and the problems we have here in Brazil. Uh, I do believe that Brazil has room to improve its culture of giving. That's something we have been working on as well. Uh, but we really needed an, uh, a legislation uh, that could protect such funds and also create a structure for, uh, uh, that could bring governance, managerial processes, 
and also selection processes that can guarantee to the donor that this money is, is going to be well used. So uh, at that point, we had some uh, a very, very small grant from Ford Foundation that helped us start this, this process. And since 2018, we could fundraise uh, significant funds and create a coalition of uh, endowments. So we gather over 70 organization, organizations that signed a pledge to the government to create uh, an endowment legislation. And then after that, we have the fire of our national museum that really sensitized our governmental authorities that this was something important because uh, such museums didn't have an endowment as many others in Brazil because of the lack of a, a proper legal framework. So since uh, the legislation was approved, we have been um, seeing an increasing interest in creating endowments in the country. We have two structures already in place and we have over 10 that are being created. And EDIS has been supporting, has been doing consulting work and technical support to restructure many of such funds, especially to museums and universities in the country. Paula, we've had an opportunity so far to talk about Aegis and, and its uh, ability to be connected on the global stage and also its ability uh, to work on legislation, even uh, when it takes many years uh, to uh, make legislation possible to change the, uh, the philanthropic landscape uh, in Brazil. We're going to take a very quick break, and when we come back, I want to start talking specifically about some of the services that are available uh, in Brazil through Aegis uh, for donors who would like to make a difference uh, with their philanthropy in Brazil. And specifically, when we come back, I want to talk about um, Aegis's extensive experience in advising corporations on their strategic social actions. And we'll be right back. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at capamerica.org, on iTunes, or just say, Alexa, play CAF America on TuneIn. Now, back to the Caring and Funding Podcast and our host, Ted Hart. There are a number of uh, different services that Aegis uh, is uh, is known for and has expertise in. I have the privilege today of uh, speaking with Paula Fabiani, who is the CEO of Aegis in Brazil, our partner on the ground in Brazil. Aegis has extensive experience advertising corporations on their strategic social actions by developing purposeful initiatives that bring about social change and help reduce social inequities in the country. And so for donors who want to make a difference, um, can you share with us an example of what you mean about this kinds of advisory capacity? Um, so uh, it is, is, uh, has really the capacity to design and implement uh, impactful programs uh, here in Brazil. Uh, one example that I'd like to mention is our experience in the Amazon region. Uh, there, we can identify one of the most vulnerable group of children in the world, the riverine children from the communities that live along the river. Um, so we had, we, could, we had funds from a foundation that wanted to really improve the lives of such children. And we designed a program focusing on early childhood development to train health community workers 
that perform a visiting programs to families with pregnant women and also children from zero to five. It was such a successful program that it became a public policy. We did an evaluation process and that brought evidence to the government that having a public policy in place was very important and, and, and for the children, especially in the riverine regions uh, of the Amazon, uh, Amazonas state. So uh, one thing that was uh, a further development of such program was that from the evaluation process, we identified that uh, most of the children has, they have recurrent diarrhea. And that is really something that um, impacts negatively child development. So they don't uh, grow up to become full uh, and, and, and adults that can perform uh, as many things that we can do. So then we um, develop a further intervention to identify and reduce anemia, which is one of the impacts of diarrhea, and also to treat water and create better sanitation conditions uh, by implementing elevated bathrooms, because that's a region that has lots of floods that uh, end up um, uh, impacting the water. That's why they don't have drinkable water. And also the, the consequence is that most children, we had one of the schools that we uh, tested anemia and uh, more than 50% of the children at school had anemia. It's just terrible what happened that. But there, with the intervention, this, this uh, percentage of children dropped to five, uh, four and a half to be, to be exact. So it's something, simple solutions that can be implemented on the ground and create an, an incredible impact. We also collaborated with the Mott Foundation to design and develop a community philanthropy program to leverage local assets and, and, and also bring uh, strategies to have continuity of the programs in place, even when the foundation stopped funding it. So this is one thing that we focus on, always creating solutions that can have continuity and that can be scaled up. Uh, you also mentioned uh, some work that we do to help organizations entry Brazil. So we performed a service for Freedom Fund, for example, where we design, uh, develop a feasibility study so that they could identify the best spots where they could implement their strategy and be more successful. These are the kinds of activities that we do. And talking about corporations, one program that we are very proud of is um, uh, a program that we developed with Anglo-American, a mining company. And it was all based in the asset-based community development uh, strategy, where we worked with over 100 social uh, actors in the mining region where the company operates in a capacity program uh, to design projects and also fundraise uh, via other means so that these organizations can have the capacity to continue the work they're doing even when the mining company left uh, this region. So these are the kinds of, of programs that we and projects that we do to help companies, to help foundations, and to help donors have more impact on the ground in specific regions of the country. 
Terrific. Paula, sometimes uh, American donors uh, have the funds. They know that they want to make a difference, but they may not know which charities they want to support. Does Aegis have the capacity to be able to do evaluation and selection of charities and projects to make sure that there is a good return on investment or a good use of the funds that are available from, say, a corporation that wants to make a difference? Certainly, Ted. This is something that we do a lot, for, for and especially for international donors. Selection of the best projects in a certain cause. Uh, we have been working, for example, with uh, Avon Foundation for the last 15 years, and we run uh, their selection and monitoring of programs in Brazil. They work in Brazil with two causes, uh, the, and cancer, uh, focusing on women, and also uh, a program to combat violence against women and, and girls. Uh, we have also worked with Mosaic, a fertilizer uh, organization, uh, a company, and the focus they have is on selecting the best projects in water because they, 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 they define for them with water. And, but you also mentioned the evaluation. Uh, as uh, you, you mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, I am, um, I am a certified uh, evaluator in social return on investment. So we have done lots of evaluations on the ground in many different causes. So health, education, uh, social impact businesses, culture, community development. And what we do is uh, we monetize the social impact to compare with the money that was invested, that was uh, dedicated to a project, so that we can calculate the return on such investment or the return on such uh, funds. And uh, EGIS is the only certified uh, organization in this, this practice, and we have run over 20 projects uh, with this uh, focus. And just to mention one example, we have this uh, project in early education, and the return was four times the investment of the foundation, and they decided to expand their program based on this evaluation. And another example that makes me really proud is uh, a program focusing on culture, and the return was six times the invested uh, funds, and a part, part of the, this program was funded by the local government, and they decided to maintain the funding based on this evaluation results. So this is an important way of proving the effectiveness of an initiative or a program or an organization. And we believe that by measuring the impact, we can really uh, invest in, in, in better programs on the ground. But uh, as you mentioned, selection and validation of organizations, something that we do a lot to help donors uh, increase their impact and find the best projects in place. Paula, from time to time, of course, uh, there are emergencies that, uh, that arise, whether it's a fire at the National Museum or coronavirus in, uh, in Brazil, um, and having trusted partners on the ground that can make a difference um, and can ensure that funds are spent for the purpose in which uh, they are intended is, of course, a very important. Talk to us a, a bit about Aegis' role uh, in um, ensuring that emergency funds 
uh, can and will be spent for the purpose in which they're intended in Brazil. Oh, Ted, this is uh, an emergency moment that we are uh, living, but uh, this experiencing experience of um, starting an emergency fund in one week was really incredible. Uh, and the, the most important uh, lesson that I thought is you need agility, you need compliance procedures, and you need partnerships. So we started this fund with two other organizations. We have already uh, assembled $7 million in this emergency fund for coronavirus relief. And uh, it's a, and a wonderful story of how to develop and distribute uh, emergency funds in the country. Um, we have uh, really put a lot of attention on the selection of the, we focused on nonprofit hospitals and also research and test producers on the ground because we thought this was the most important and the, the, the most uh, urgent um, need that we will face in the short term. And we have granted to over 23 uh, nonprofit hospitals and uh, health organizations. We want to reach 50. And um, one thing that was really important was how we could attract corporations. We have one grant that was only, it was 5 million from a, a, a company that works in the pharmacy sector. And, uh, and also how we could have a strategy that could address the emergency, but also leave a legacy. So we always fund equipment and uh, uh, equipment that could be used by such hospitals or, or such health organizations on the long term. Uh, it was a wonderful experience. We also fundraise with individuals. We have over 10,000 donors in this uh, emergency fund, and it has become one of the largest funds in Brazil at the moment. And, um, but it was also uh, an incredible experience, uh, not only because we are helping the most, the, the people that are in most need, because we work only with nonprofit hospitals that uh, provide uh, services for free to the population, but also when we listen to the stories of the doctors and the people that work in such structures, it's really something that made us very emotional and very proud to be part of such an initiative. It was really an incredible experience, and uh, I believe this is something that we're going to carry over our lives, this story of uh, putting together this emergency fund in Brazil. Well, I want to share something that, that I certainly will remember as well, um, is uh, we only have a few moments left here, Paula, but... Um, the uh, cross-sector collaboration uh, that we were able to put together with uh, Aegis and the U.S. consulate in Brasilia um, when yes. uh, we were able to uh, put together a two-year project focused on the development of civil society sector in uh, Brazil. And uh, my uh, colleague, uh, Jesse Kraft, and I had the pleasure of joining you in Sao Paulo uh, and uh, to provide some uh, training. Um, please uh, wrap up the last few moments that we have and uh, sharing with us the, the incredible service that was provided by Aegis and just the kind of 
opportunity that this provides uh, uh, donors uh, to support the kind of education and training. I think it's sort of the epitome of what Aegis does in bringing together multiple sectors um, in support of philanthropy. Yes, well pointed. This was an incredible experience. We could reach uh, organizations that work with the most vulnerable and in several different causes. And uh, the training uh, was really important for them to increase their capabilities to fundraise locally and internationally. And the evaluation of the participants was really impressive. I think we did a wonderful job in partnering and providing uh, training to such organizations. I think this is a kind of example where we can design and implement something that adds strategic value to our partners and our clients. In this case, it was the, 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 the U.S. consulate uh, that uh, decided to perform such an initiative. Uh, it was really uh, an in interesting project, and we were very proud to have you and Jesse here in Brazil. I think it was uh, very well mentioned, this partnership that we had with CAF America. Well, thank you, Paula, and, and, and we're very proud to have Aegis as our partner uh, in Brazil and the incredible uh, opportunities that you provide all Americans uh, as they look to provide uh, support in philanthropy uh, in Brazil. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sir. You've been listening to the Caring and Funding Podcast, powered by CAP America. Tell all your friends and colleagues to check out our archives Sign up for our free newsletter and download our iPad and iPod-friendly podcasts at capamerica.org. Thanks for listening to the Caring and Funding Podcast.